Hey guys, we wanted to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our church's podcast. This week's sermon is from our series Alpha and Omega. To learn more information about Sturkey Hills, you can find us at sturkey.church. Oh, and don't forget to hit subscribe to our podcast so that you can always stay up to date with our latest messages. We're so thankful for all that God has been doing in the life of our church and the part that you play in it. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day. Well, amen. You can open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12. That's where we are going to be today. And I need you to lean in today because today's passage is just slammed with uh, symbology and signs and the timing of it is a little tricky. And so I need you to kind of lean in and pay attention. And in doing so, I'll make you a promise. You will learn something about why things happen like they happen, both in your life and in the world. And you'll see what the root of the problem is in terms of battles and wars that, that, uh, that just rage in our life. And you don't have to look too far to know that there's a reality to this thing called war and battles. And, and, uh, and, and have you ever wondered where they come from? I mean, the battles that are in your life, the, the battles with addiction and battles with uh, bullies and battles with depression and battles in your mind and battles with your children and battles with your spouse and battles in the church and battles even with God. Have you ever wondered about that? I was thinking about it with this passage and, and it's real and we all have them. If you have battles, just raise your hand. I want you to look around. You're not alone. Okay, I want you to know where they come from. Husbands, they don't come from your wife. Right. Now, they may be used, your wife may be used in the, in the battle, but that's not where it originated. All of them originated from the exact same place and from the exact same person. And we're going to see that today. So it's not just battles, but wars. I, I was thinking about the wars that, that this world has seen and it's, there's hundreds of them. And I'm going to list the top 10, just, just 10 wars. And in these 10 wars alone, there's a quarter of a billion fatalities, men, women, and children. Listen, World War II, 70 million deaths. The Mongol conquest, 35 million. The Qing Chinese conquest, 25 million. The Spanish conquest of the Aztec empire. 25, <laughs> never heard of that one, but it's in there. It's a biggie. Okay, now maybe you're a history buff. You know all these. Okay, I skipped this class apparently. All right. The second Sino-Japanese War, 23 million. The Lucian Rebellion, 20 million. World War I, 17 million. The Conquest of Timur, 15 million. Chinese Civil War, 10 million. The Dungan Revolt, 10 million. 250 million fatalities in just those 10 wars. Now, you know what's sad? We lose 250 casualties in the war on the womb every five years. Now, that's the world we live in. And they all come from the same place. They all, the origin of all of them is the same. And it doesn't matter how small or how great, they all come from the same place. And we're going to see that Today, so, so you wonder then, why all of this? <clears throat> why all this happens? You say, well, it's, 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 it, it appears like genocide or ethnic cleansing or maybe territorial boundaries or greed for wealth, resources, and power. And you say, okay, that's what it is. No, that's not what it is. That's just what it looks like on the surface. I want you to know today 
that in your life and in your world, in fact, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. In your personal world and in your personal family and in your personal situation, there is a war that rages around you. And I'm calling it today the war of the worlds. Now, in 1898, there's a book written by H.G. Wells called The War of the Worlds. And it was about a Martian invasion. The war of the worlds I'm talking about is not a Martian invasion. But it is a war between worlds. And you're in it. You may not own that. You may not want to embrace that. But it's the reason you experience the things in your life that just seem to come out of nowhere and they do not feel good. They just kind of stink. It's because there's a war that wages, that rages around you. And it's the war of the worlds. I'm calling today's message the real war of the worlds. And it's found in Revelation chapter 12. And before we, before we get to the end of it, which I, I, I promise you, it'll, it'll mean something to you. But to get there, we have to look at six players that are on the scene. And the first one is the woman. Now listen to what it says in Revelation 12, beginning in verse 1. It says, Then a great sign appeared in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet. And on her head was a crown of twelve stars. <clears throat> she was pregnant and was screaming in labor pains, struggling to give birth. Now who is this? You say, oh, that's Mother Mary. No, it's not Mother Mary. This is the nation of Israel. This is God's chosen people. Now, what we're going to do today in chapter 12 is we're going to take off and we're going to go up about 50,000 feet and we're going to take a panoramic view of all time. Okay. And it's strange that the first sign that John the Revelator gets is, is, is a sign of Israel and Israel doesn't come onto the scene until post Adam and Eve when God introduces himself to a people group. Okay. But I want you to know that even before everything else happened, God chose people. I want you to know today, before you ever whimpered your first cry, before you ever inhaled your first breath, before you ever ruined your first diaper, okay, before you whispered your first coo, God knew you. And he chose you, and he created you, and he has a place for you in his eternal kingdom if that's what you choose. Amen. That's good news. Now, he says, there's this woman. How do we know this is Israel? Well, it's often God's word speaks into God's word, and God's word interprets itself. In Genesis chapter 37, you may remember Joseph was having these dreams. Great dreams if you're Joseph. Because for Joseph, it meant the whole family's going to bow down and worship him. That's good for Joseph. But the family wasn't crazy about it. Well, in chapter 37, verse 9, it says, Now Joseph had another dream, and he related it to his brothers, and he said, Lo, I have had still another dream. And behold, the sun, that's Jacob, his dad, and the moon, that's Rachel, his mom, and the 11 stars, that's his brothers. They were bowing down to me. Israel is pictured just like that, a quotation. And so in Revelation chapter 12, the first player is the woman, and the first woman is Israel. Now, at the end of that first player, it says this player's crying, man, just in agony, trying to give birth to this child. Now, what that is is Satan 
new Israel. Satan understood God's covenant with the nation of Israel that he would bless the world through that bloodline because he would introduce the Messiah through Israel. Let me just go ahead and pause right here. Never, ever, ever talk bad about the Jews. Maybe you've used Jewish jokes in the past. Don't use those anymore. They are God's chosen people. And although rebellious in denial of Jesus the Messiah, although that's true, they are still God's chosen people. And let me tell you something. It's real easy to please God. You simply love God and love everything that God loves. And let me tell you something God loves, the nation of Israel. He also loves the church. you got to love the church. People talk bad about Jews. They talk bad about the church. God loves both of those, and you should too. It's just that easy. Now, he, he says, I want you to know how, how hard this world, and led by Satan, has tried to eliminate this, what, what the chosen people bring to the table. They've always, listen, I want you to know, the nation of Israel has had more attacks on it than any nation in the history of the world. Part of that is because it's the oldest nation in the history of the world. And it's just this little geographic area, but God will not let it be destroyed. Why? Because he chose them. That's good news. Now, throughout the ages, they've tried to stomp it out. Even to even in, in, in recent years, in 1492, you said that's not recent. It is compared to 3000 B.C. Spain drove out every Jew from their nation. In 1492, the year Columbus discovered America, Spain drove every Jew out of the nation. The Roman Catholic Inquisition slaughtered Jews in the name of Jesus Christ. In 1882, the Russians committed atrocities and massacred hundreds of thousands of Jews. And then came Adolf Hitler who massacred 6 million Jews in the Holocaust. And today, the Arabs are trying to wipe out the Jews. Why? Because the enemy hates the things that God loves. I want you to know today, the enemy hates you. Tell your neighbor, the enemy hates you. And he hates you, and he's going to do something about it. So I want you to see today that the first player is Israel, the woman. The second player is the dragon. It says in verse 3, Then another sign appeared in heaven. A huge red dragon had seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadem crowns. Now the dragon's tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child as soon as it was born. Now the dragon here is Satan. Okay, And we find that out in Revelation chapter 20. Remember we said Scripture interprets Scripture. Revelation 20 verse 3 says the dragon is the serpent of old who is the devil and Satan. Okay, So we get that much information. We're understanding this thing. Now let me explain something. When John the Revelator saw the dragon, and he says, man, it's got ten heads, got horns, and yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. He's sweeping the angels out of heaven. He's bad. We get the wrong impression of who the devil is. So I, I, want, I want you to be aware today of who our enemy is. When I was growing up a long time ago, Halloween would come, you know, and we would buy these costumes for Halloween. It's not like the costumes now. The costumes now, they scare me, okay? When I was growing up, it wasn't like that. You had this little shiny flammable suit that your mama would tie on you, 
okay? And you'd put it on like a full-body pajama suit with a little string around your neck to keep it on, okay? Highly flammable. You get too close to the pumpkin, poof, okay? And I remember there was a devil costume. Some of you older people remember the devil costume. It was red and shiny, okay? And then you had this little plastic mask with an elastic string. You'd pull it down. And when you pulled it down, the devil had two little horns. And when the cute little devil for trick-or-treat turned around, had a little tail coming out, okay? And if you had a mom and daddy who were Satanist or something, I don't know what they were thinking, they made you a little pitchfork. So you carry your little bag, carry your little pitchfork, swing your little tail in your happy little devil costume, trying to burn yourself alive, trick-or-treat, okay? Let me tell you something about the devil. That ain't him, okay? Nobody's going to be afraid of that devil. Nobody's got to worry about that devil. Let me tell you something about the devil. The devil is a roaring lion seeking to devour you. The devil is the great deceiver. The devil is not your friend. The devil is your enemy, and he will do everything to devour you, your relationships, your family, this church, your pastors. He is not playing games. He is in a war over you. That's who he is. He says, this dragon had, had um, seven heads and ten horns. Let me just explain just a little bit. He's powerful. The seven heads are the seven kingdoms of the past who tried to annihilate Israel. They wear these crowns. They're not sovereign crowns, which are diadema. They're Stephanus crowns. They're victor's crowns. And there's ten hordes, horns, which are the final ten-nation confederacy that Satan will rule the world through. Not only is he powerful, he doesn't work alone. In this passage, there's a little bit of an obscure verse, but it's very powerful. And it's really important that you get. It says, his tail swept away a third of the angels to the earth. Or excuse me, a third of the stars. The stars are angels. And so when Satan rebelled in heaven, he took a third of the angels with him. Now, how many is that? It's a bunch, okay? How many angels are there? There's a bunch. The Bible doesn't say. The Bible says there are, there are myriads upon myriads of these created angelic beings. One third of those created angelic beings are no longer angels. They are fallen from their original holy state. They are demons, and they're here on this earth, and they're, some of them are bound. We don't know how many that is, but there's a third of them. Now, 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 listen, if we say there's myriads upon myriads of angels, and a third of them are now demons, and they're here at work causing you hell, okay, that's a little bit creepy, isn't it? I mean, it's just a little bit weird. That's the bad news, but keep in mind, if a third are fallen, guess how many are left serving God in their original capacity. Two-thirds, boom. Got them outnumbered two to one. Because just like we sang, you have no reason to fear. Okay? Now, they'll deal you a fit, but here's what we do. There is a warfare going on over your life right now in this place that you cannot see. There's principalities and powers that are in the air that are at war, okay? You cannot see them, but they're at war. And what we do, they come into our world, and if we're not careful... We embrace the demon over the angels that are fighting against them. Now, in Scripture, it tells us that this is a very real thing. Not only 
are there two-thirds angels, one-third demons? And by the way, let me just clear something up. When your, when your mamma died, have you ever heard this one? Bless her heart. I'm just glad, no, she's an angel now. No, she ain't. She's either a saint of God in heaven, or she is separated from God in hell. The only two eternal states for mankind, heaven, hell, that's it. You're not reformed, refashioned, sprout some wings and fly around. And, you know. No, it's not true. Okay? You, either you were created as, as an angel or you're created as a human being. They do, not, they do not cross over. Okay? Just want you to know that. Now, not only is there a bunch of them, he has an agenda. And his agenda is standing, watching, trying to destroy Israel. And when he couldn't do that, he wanted to destroy the male child, Jesus, the Messiah. Is that true? In Matthew 2, Herod sends the Magi to find baby Jesus. When they don't bring back the news he was hoping for, he murders all the children, all the male babies to try to murder Jesus. In Matthew 4, Satan comes to Jesus on the Mount of Temptation and he says, Jesus, dude, we all know you're God, okay? I want you to just jump off this temple because the angels will protect you. He was trying to get Jesus to commit suicide. He's trying to eliminate Jesus. Matthew 27, Satan watched with a thought of victory as Jesus breathed his last and was crucified on the cross. That's, he has an agenda, and he's massive. Now, let me tell you something. I'm going to sound a little kooky to some of you. That's okay. To other people, you'll say, yeah, I believe that. In 1980-something, I was in a church in Chattanooga is a big church, and it was a great church, and God's hand was just on me. He's just working me over, and he moved me out of this place of apathy and lukewarmness and, 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 and defeat where I was just kind of a miserable Christian. You ever known some of those? Don't look at your neighbor or your spouse. Just, I'm thinking, okay? We, we know those, you know? Yeah, I'm saying. Well, tell something up in here, okay? Change something, Okay. So I was kind of in that place because I'd gone through this journey of searching, man, is, is God really who I thought he was for the last several years of my life? Because I went to college and I just heard, started hearing a bunch of stuff. And, and then I would hear preachers and they were agreeing with the, with the universities. And I'm like, man, I've been confused. But then we were at this church and this man of God would preach the word of God to the child of God. And the Holy Spirit of God would wake me up and say, you got that, didn't you? I'd say, uh-huh. So on this day, we're in church, and it's an invitation, an altar, a response time. And I've got my eyes, and he says, everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. And I close my eyes. I, Whoa, open my eyes. Because before me, now I'm going to describe it the best I can. <laughs> You're going to laugh. This is the best words I have. When I closed my eyes, <clears throat> I could see little black clouds <laughs> fighting little white clouds. Amen. <laughs> yeah. That's, his God. That's the best I got. Like I'm six years old describing something of God. And it was spiritual warfare. And he, and he let me just see a little bit of it. And so you know what I did? I opened my eyes. That's what I did. Because it scared the daylights out of me. I'm standing in a choir. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm choir man. I'm a deacon. I'm teaching Sunday school. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm reading the word. I'm all over. And in that moment, I opened my eyes. Let's see. Yeah, that's good. So then I thought, what was that? So I closed my eyes again. And there they were again. So I opened my eyes again. So I closed one eye. You know, maybe I can just see the white ones. Okay. <laughs> And then I prayed, God, are you killing me right now? Am I leaving this choir loft to enter your glory? I'm serious. I'm serious. And he spoke to my soul. 
I had a conversation with a young man that God's working with, and he said, I think God spoke to me in an audible voice. <clears throat> I don't believe he speaks in audible voices. He can. He's God. But when he speaks to your soul, it's much, much, much louder than any audible voice. See, I, I can mess what comes up in the, I can mess this up. You can ask my wife. She'll tell me a hundred things. I got two of them. I got down. Okay? The other 98, I get bits and pieces because I mess this up. When he whispers in your soul, there is no confusion. And this is what he spoke to me. He said, I love you. And when you were a little boy, you gave me your heart. I want your life to go with your heart. Now, I had just seen this thing. I said, you got it. Deal. Sealed. I'm in. Okay? I want you to know it's real. And you may never see anything like that. Honestly, I hope you don't. Okay? Because it'll mess you up in a good way. You don't have to see it. Scripture says it's real. And there's a war that is going on right now. And so the first two players we see are Israel. Uh, and then we see the dragon, the devil. And thirdly, we see the male child. It says in verse 5, so the woman did give birth to a son, a male child, who was going to rule over the nations with an iron rod. And her child was suddenly caught up to God and to his throne. Jesus makes it. Okay. The devil couldn't stop him. Jesus makes it onto the scene. And he lives a life of 33 years. He dies a brutal uh, a death, a sacrificial death on a cross to, for, to pay the penalty for our sin. And then he's caught up to heaven. That's the picture of who the male child is. And, and the quotation is from Psalms. And, and quite honestly, Revelation 11:14 says it will come true one day. Jesus came the first time as a servant as a savior. When he comes the second time, he's going to rule and reign. All right. So you can either call him God now, or you will call him God then. I say we practice right now. I say, let's just say this. Everybody say this with me. Jesus, you're the king. Some of y'all pitiful. Say it again. Jesus, you're the king. I'm hoping and praying some of us own that, that we march in that, that we stand in that, that we grow a spine in that. So whether you're in high school or middle school or elementary school or, or college or in your workplace, in your rebellious heathen family, in your neighborhood, you stand strong in truth and love saying, hey, Jesus is my king. I got nothing to be ashamed of. He came here and died to save me, so I'm going to live for him. Amen. We need to live like that. It's easy to say amen. It's a little harder to plug it in. And so now we're in this panoramic flyover, and now things are going to change. It's going to go from what happened in the past. Now we're going to see what's going to happen in the future. This has not been completed yet. It says in verse 7, now then the war broke out in heaven. That's a little scary, isn't it? In heaven where God's at, there's a war there too. So we're introduced now to the fourth player in the equation, the angels. It says in verse 6, and she, Israel, those, those who are redeemed during the tribulation, they fled into the wilderness where a place had been prepared for her by God. So she could be taken care of for 1,260 days. That's 42 months. That's three and a half years. So the second half of this great tribulation, seven years, Israel, those redeemed during the tribulation, they will be protected. They will flee from all that the Antichrist is going to be doing on this planet. It says... Michael and his angels fought 
against the dragon. Michael, the archangel, man, he's the power angel. All right. He's the one that shows up large and in charge every time he shows up. And he's got the, he's got the angels, how many? Twice as many as there are demons. Two-thirds of the original ones. And they are fighting. Okay, And they're going to be victorious. But it doesn't tell us that yet. Okay, Now, we're introduced to another group that I want you to know are very real. Isn't it good to know you got angels? It's good, man. They're, they, they are, they're looking after you. God sends his angels to protect you. I, I got to tell you one. When I was 16 years old, I just got my driver's license, and I was talking to a girl in high school, and she was working at a little grocery store. And, and you know, she, she's working. I'm just going to go give her some support, you know. And I was driving up the road, and it just rained. This, this is what angels do. I was driving up the road, and I was going to look and see if she was working the cash register at this little supermarket. And I'm looking in there, 16 years old, just stupid, all right, just looking in there. And I looked up, and the school bus had stopped right there. And he was turning. And I hit my brakes. And now I'm going faster than I was before I hit my brakes. And I'm going right up under that bus. And out of the middle of nowhere, I just turned the steering wheel. I went over in this guy's yard. Went up over his driveway through another guy's yard. Been raining. I'm sideways now. Now I'm back out on the road like nothing ever happened. Amen. And I'm like, now, did that really just happen? I'm, I'm so, I, did that really just happen? I turned my car around. Because I didn't believe it really happened. I turned my car around and went back and mud everywhere. Okay, school bus is gone. And this man's yard, which is really about it, he, he's all about his yard. He was tore all to pieces. I did not tell him, listen, I confessed it to his wife when Leo Warwick passed away. I, I did. I said, I got a confession to make. This was just a couple years ago. I said, I've been carrying this burden now for about 40 years. I was the one tore up your yard. But it wasn't all my fault. I was out of control. That's where the angel took me. And he did. Now listen, that's what an angel does. I'm telling the truth. You have angels looking out for you, and it's good. But you got demons who are wanting to destroy you, who are just as equally real. And they're after you, and I want you to know that's real. And right here it is, it's verse 5, excuse me, uh, verse 7. The demons, it says, and the dragon and his angels, which are the fallen angels, the demons, they fought back. Sure they did. Verse 8, but the dragon was not strong enough to prevail. I could stop right there and preach a whole message. Here it is. The dragon was not strong enough to prevail. Tell your neighbor, he ain't strong enough. Tell your neighbor, you're more than a conqueror. You got to choose that. You got to own that. You got to embrace that. You got to claim that promise. I said a couple of weeks ago, if we claimed the promises of God, as much as we claim the promises of this world and the enemy, our lives would be different. This church would be different and our world would be different. And the choice is all about us. We choose that. So I want to encourage you, man. Just, just, I know some of you have hard times. I know you do. Some of you are hurting right now. It's time you start claiming some things like, God, I know, I know, I know you've allowed this. And James says, count it all joy when we encounter various or diverse trials. It, that's a hard one. I don't like them. He says, you just count it all joy. Why? He says, because I'm going to make you perfect and complete. So wherever you're at, you say, the devil, you lose. Jesus, yeah. you win. I'm with you. And so help me understand why I'm having this right now. And move me to that place where you can use this terrible thing in my life to help somebody else. And he will. Yeah. All right. So there's demons. And so the sixth thing I want you to see are the saints of the ages. It says in verse 10, now... I heard a loud voice 
in heaven saying the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the ruling authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters, the one who accuses them, you, day and night before our God has been thrown down. Yeah. Yeah. He's been thrown down. Now, these are the six players on the scene of the war of the worlds. And so the question is, you may be thinking, yeah, it's great, Pastor Joel. What's that got to do with me? Well, it's funny you ask, or you thought it, because I'm going to help you see it, because it's beautiful, and it's powerful, and it's important that we know it. There is a real war of the world. When you came in today, I hope you received these two little glass stones or beads. If you got them, hold them up. If you got them, hold them up, little glass stones. They are not for stoning the preacher, okay? That's not what they're for. They're to help us put something tangible over something spiritual so we can grasp it, okay? These two stones that you've been given represent the two worlds that are at war. And if you've got them, hold them just like this in your hand, one in each hand. I want you to see this because this is real. This white stone or clear stone, it represents God's world, God's original, the estate God was originally in, the estate that God originally created this world in. It, it comes with it holiness and perfection and love and light and love. That's God's world. And in our other hand, this black stone represents Satan's world. This world comes with it lies and deception and death and devastation. That's what this comes with. And just like I'm holding them, these two worlds illustrated in my hands, there's a third world involved in the war of the worlds. God's world at war against Satan's world on the battleground of your world and my world. It's amazing. There's a war going on and it's over you and me. We're the battleground where it's fought. And, and, and here's the truth, I want you to get this. When you were born into this world, you were in sin's curse because Adam and Eve choked on the big test in Genesis. And because they sinned, all of us are born in sin. David said, it is in sin that I was conceived. We're born into this world. God is at war in this world. And he wants us to walk away from that world, claim his world, walk in his world, deny that world, put that world away and walk in light and life and love and freedom. But what we do, we live in a world where we want to, where we want to be in both worlds. I'll just carry both of these. And if it's comfortable to act like I'm in God's world, like on Sunday morning, man, I'm all, I'm all about some God's world. I got this, man. This feels good. feels good to be in God's world. I love, stinking love God's world. Okay? But then there's those days, man, where 
we lay that one down, we put it in our pocket, and we may not, may not intentionally do it, but we jump back in this world. And I, want you, I want to tell you something. When Jesus stood on a cross, hung on a cross and bled for your sin, he obliterated, he annihilated, he destroyed this world. And it may not look like it yet, but one day he'll come and rule with an iron scepter, the king of the universe. We don't have to wait for that. We can walk in freedom, man. We can claim this world everywhere we go. And on those days when life is just brutally hard, we claim this world and it will drive another death nail in this world. Now, I, I want you to know how it kind of happened. Where did this world come from? God created all those angels, and one of them he created very special. His name is Lucifer. The Bible says he was a beautiful angel. He was a gifted angel. He's clothed in all these wonderful things. And because Lucifer looked around among the angels and he says, hmm, I'm a little better than the rest of those. And there's a record of it in Isaiah. Listen what Lucifer did. He rose up and, and he said, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars or angels of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself the most high. And then it says, but he was brought down. Because when the enemy says, I will, God says, no, you won't. And you know what happens? Unintentionally sometimes, we walk in this world. Sometimes there's people in here who have never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've heard the gospel, man, that there's a God who for some reason loves the likes of us. And he gave himself to die for us. And we hear that story, but we never surrender to it. We never put place ourselves under Jesus. We, 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 we talk about it, but we've never received grace. We never say, Jesus, I want you to save me. But I want you to be the Lord of my life. And all of a sudden, we look just like Lucifer. We say, ah, I will handle this myself. I will embrace a little bit of religion, but I'm not fully given over to that. I will do the things like I want to do it. The bottom line is, I will be the God of my world. I don't want any of you to be that. I want you to hear my heart. It is my prayer every week when I preach that anybody who has never tasted the goodness of Jesus Christ, that this would be the day that they say, I'm, I'm laying all that, the lies and deception, the religion, the stuff, I'm laying it down. I'm in. God, I'm in. Count me in your world. Wash me in the blood of Jesus' sacrifice. Give me a brand new birth. I know I was born in Satan's world. Reborn me, rebirth me into your world from this day forward and plant our feet and drive a stake in it. So here's what we're going to do in just a minute while we sing. I'm going to invite you to come. You don't have to come at all. 
Matter of fact, you can keep both stones in your pockets. You can lay down the clear one and hang on to the black one. The choice is yours because it always has been. But there's others I'm inviting you today to bring this stone and lay it at the altar. And when you do, just say, God, I'm, help me never pick that world up again. Help me never to walk in that world again. I am blood-bought in Jesus' name. I am a child of the Most High God. I have been adopted into your forever kingdom. I am a saint in your eyes. God, change me. God, move me. God, fill me. God, use me from this day forward. You're my Savior and you're my Lord. And listen to me, you will not be disappointed when you respond to God in that way. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask a simple question. Maybe today is your day. The Bible says this could be your day of salvation, and maybe this is the day. This is the day. Wow. My day was 46 years ago. Maybe this is your day when the God of the universe comes into your world and delivers you and places you in his world. And when he does that, it's a forever thing. It's a destiny changer. If that's you today, you know you need to surrender to him. I want you to put your hand up right now. Just slide your hand up, every head bowed and every eye closed. This is your day. Thank you. This is your day. This is your day. You feel God speaking to your heart on this day. This is your day. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I want every saint of God to pray with me out loud. Dear God, I come to you right now. I place my faith in you. I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't deserve your love. But I believe you love me anyway. I believe, God, you came to this earth in the form of Jesus. And I believe Jesus died on a cross for my sin. If there was no other, it was for my sin. And so right now, I surrender my life to Jesus. And right now, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my world. I want you to fill me with your spirit. Help me live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I claim who you say I am. I am born again. I am delivered. I am a saint of God. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving somebody like me. In Jesus' name.